right, it's time for Smart Money Moves with Helena J. Conley. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I am so excited to be here on another hump day with you all. And I have my guest back again for part two, Ms. Nakea Carter, broker owner of Carter and Carter Investments, as we have more conversation around home ownership. Um, you guys know what my premise is and what I've been speaking about for almost a year now. It is that the Black wealth by 2053 is set to be zero, our net worth. And if we don't do something about that every day, all day, shift our mindset, we will be headed down that path. And as Forbes says, it's actually sooner now than 2053. So <clears throat> early, early on in my, my talks with you guys, I talked about the four different ways that we can accumulate wealth to add to our bottom line. And that was the banking industry, that was the investment industry, the real estate industry, and the insurance industry. Those are the four industries to accumulate wealth. And we understand that we have to utilize all of them. And so to be smart, smart money, <laughs> smart with your money and financially fit in 2022, we have to make sure that we are learning more and implementing more and including more of those in our portfolios. So <clears throat> last time, Nakea and I talked um, quite a bit about just starting the process of home ownership. And, you know, we remember there were four things that uh, she thought needed to be in place as you prepare to uh, start the home ownership process, which is having two years of income, which is having a credit score minimally of 580, preferably 680. Monthly debt needs to have a, a, a DTI. I think it was what, 53, Nikaya? Was the DTI or 43? What are we looking for? I'm sorry, that's 43% conventionally and 57% FHA. Got it. And then making sure that we have savings, okay? So those four things are just the basic building blocks to say I'm ready to uh, look into home ownership, okay? And then <clears throat> she broke down for us the different steps that happen as we prepare um, to find a home. And then once we find the home that we like, the steps that we're going to go through. Okay. So she was really, really helpful in laying the foundation for us um, as we're looking to purchase homes. So in the past, this past weekend, I know there was a really, really big conference um, for NARAB, which uh, Nikea explained to us what that was last time, National Association of Real Estate Brokers. Correct? Yes. Um, and they had their conference, midwinter conference in San Antonio, Texas this past weekend. So there was a lot of information being circulated um, about Black home ownership um, and how it compares to a lot of the other home ownership out there. <clears throat> and so the question that I, I think about as we get into today's show is how are we able to use home ownership in order to close this wealth gap? That's the focus, right? How are we going to use home ownership to close this wealth gap, okay? We do not want to end up with a net worth of zero, okay? I know one of the things that I saw when I was looking through the documentation from this past weekend's event is that <clears throat> for um, Black Americans, 70% of our net worth 
is our home equity. That means for those of us that do own a home, that's 70% of our net worth. That's a big chunk of our net worth, okay? Which can be good and can be bad. We need to have other things, that diverse portfolio that we continue to talk about to make sure that we're creating the net worth that we need. But 70% of our net worth is home ownership. A, a, a very startling number that um, we, we looked at was, I think it's 45.3% right now um, of Black Americans own a home. That's correct, Nikaya? That is correct. That means less than half, less than half of us have been able or currently um, have the, the ownership of a home to our name, okay? And we know that that's one of the big ways to be able to create uh, the generational wealth to be able to increase our net worth. So what are some things <laughs> that we really need to start talking about and thinking about in order to increase that number, because it actually is up um, over the last few years, right? Yeah, it actually is up about 5% since 2019. So pre-pandemic, it was lower, which makes sense, because during the pandemic, you know, home ownership just across the board was up. So, so it's a great thing. It's a great thing. That's interesting to me. The pandemic caused home ownership to go up? Absolutely. Across the board. Oh, absolutely. We stayed busy, still busy. And then the value increased as well. Everybody was either, ain't no either. We were all stuck at home, right? So either you thought about it and said, wait, I need to downsize. Or wait a minute, we don't have enough room. Or wait, we're too bunched up in here. Everybody's trying to be on Zoom. Something has to change, right? And so no, home ownership stayed. I stayed busy. That's, so. that's very interesting because I actually did hear someone mentioning that uh, the 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 house demand for I think it was mid early 2021 was really really huge because people didn't want to be on top of each other and it just never really clicked for me but I guess that makes sense especially and, with you know go ahead no I was gonna say impaired with the low low interest rate Got it. Which are now, uh, according Back to the during the pandemic, Reserve. you could probably get a 1.992%, right? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I wish. 1.9 versus 3.5 versus 4.5 versus any of that. You guys know I teach compound interest. And 1% difference is a huge, it's a difference of tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. So at, at some point in time during the pandemic, you were able to get interest rates of 1%. Wow. Now- 1.99. 1. 1.99. 1. 1. Close to two. <laughs> but close still, to two, right? Right. Still low. Mine, mine is not 1.99. I can tell you that. And I have rather good credit. Um, but then, then that actually, you mentioned home value. So in preparing for this show, you know, I always like to do a little bit of research and Google is my best friend. Um, the 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 median home values that are happening around this nation are, I think, pretty insane. Um, and, and I'll speak particularly about L.A. This past L.A. Inglewood, this past weekend, I just so happened to visit different open houses that were around my neighborhood, four of them to be exact. And these are three-bedroom, two-bathroom home. Some of them are two-bedroom, two-bathroom home. 
averaging 15, 1600 square feet, and they're all listed for $899 or above. And they're getting offers on their homes for up to upwards of a million, past a million. What? Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Please tell me this is Uranus. Please tell me this is Uranus. So, you got to be kidding. Because I because I did these open house viewings this weekend, I had to go look up on my What'd best friend Google. And it says oh. that in LA, California, 949,000 is That's the right. median household a uh, 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 value, house value, as of January 2022. Right. There's a house on the road, right off of yes. 104th and Crenshaw. That house is 1,400 square feet. 1,400 square feet. And today, it's for sale for 810 plus. 810,000. Now, let me say this. It's in an area, once you leave Crenshaw, but Coming out of that driveway, you can look at Crenshaw, mm -hmm. okay? You can see Crenshaw. You can see the dirt, the filth, the homeless people. You can see that there's nothing about the road. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is reasonable. Mm -hmm. For 810000 and when the white guy told us the price, I thought, you really have to be kidding me. Look at this house right now in Capel. Mm -hmm. 799,000, 3,400 square feet in Capel, four bedrooms, four bathrooms. And I guarantee you the house is, look at spiral staircase. Look at that gourmet kitchen. Which is actually way more than you guys' median income in yes, Texas. Yes, yes. I looked that up that's as right. well. And the median income in I'm LA was just, they just talked about it yesterday on the show. The median income is 32,000. So how do you, how does this even compute? It doesn't compute. The median income is 32,000. In they Texas put houses Spain. on the market for a million dollars. Yes. Come on, yes. people. Ca California right Come now on. has the sixth highest median income. California does as a whole. San Francisco being, I think, in the top three or five. And it's at 80,000. And still $80,000 as a median income for a house that you're paying a million plus for. And the thing about it is they're going to pay for it. They're going to pay for it. And, and so, that's what makes things so bad because people come out of the woodwork and they'll say, yeah, well, this is a good deal. And they'll go ahead and they'll do it. It's not what happens with banks. It's what people do. And a real estate agent who used to work at Albertsons, he told me a long time ago, he says, people are paying the price. That's what drives it because people are literally paying. And then people say, well, it's whatever the market bears. Well, the market is y'all. The market is y'all. And if you guys are going to pay it, it's just like gas. Gas is almost $10 a gallon because you're going to pay it. You're going to pay it. And just like the people that get interviewed say, well, what can you do? I guess I got to pay it. They hear all of that and they keep it the same way. But if some, just like football players and basketball players, if you would just stop and say, I'm not going to take it, something else would happen. Something else would happen. But here's the, here's the real question about this and, and jump into K and tell me, is it realistic to stop the increase in the home values. 
I don't think it is. It I isn't. Think- and and my thing is, I hear what you guys are saying. I see that beautiful mansion in Texas. That would probably be a couple million dollars out here. <laughs> no, it would be about uh, six million dollars out here. Oh, for sure. For sure. But think about the mortgage payment and the rental prices in LA too, right? So it's like, okay, you're not going to buy at 810. So you're going to rent for and almost pay the same amount as your mortgage anyway without buying, right? So the mortgage on an 810, if you go FHA, three and a half percent down is about $5,000. Wow. Okay. So a three bedroom, two bath, maybe in the same area for rent these days, might be $3,700. You may even get more. How big is the lot is what I'm, what, what is what I would ask you about that house, right? That because lot, that, like that, that crowded. Yeah, that lot size. In fact, no, no, in no, that no, entire no. area, you could not you don't the one have in Texas, go. the other one, the no, one no, out no. here. Yeah, in mm-hmm. that lot and all of the houses in that specific area, you can hear somebody in the bedroom breathing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Perfect. You can hear them washing dishes. You can hear them in the shower. You can hear them walk down their driveway. You can hear them, watch them, see them in the backyard. All of the so, open houses I viewed, yes, they were yes, all yes. about 5,500 square feet, 5,500 to 6,500. That's enough the, space to build an additional unit or ADU or something to, you know, to bring in more income. And right? I, I think oh. that's one of the biggest things that I see happening. I know when I was looking at getting some repair work done at my parents' house, there's a whole new, um, uh, a whole new loop that has to be, you know, jumped through for people who want to do remodels, and it's because of the sewer system now. Because there are so many people that are doing ADUs and you know grandma suites and adding additional bathrooms and you know all of that kind of stuff. So that definitely gives an advantage to Mm -hmm. the the California area. Do you see a lot of people doing that though? Are they able to take advantage of getting the the extra income based on that? Absolutely. I know a couple of my clients are turning their garages, detached garages into ADUs without question. I know others who are refinancing just to take out to build as well. So, you know, there's several different things you can do with obviously home ownership that you can't do while you're renting. Right. So those are definitely the advantages. But how do you get to the advantage when the scales are not balanced? They're not even close to being balanced. So So you would just start somewhere. You don't have to start Central LA. Right. So I went live a couple of weeks ago uh, on Instagram and we talked about affordable cities in California. Right. You don't necessarily have to move out of the state, but you may move about an hour, hour and a half from L.A. Right. So that may be Palmdale. That might be California City. That might be Adelanto. That might be Palm Desert, whichever direction you like to go. But it's not impossible. So if you start somewhere and stay long enough for that equity to build. Then, you know, you're in the game at that point. Right. So and then you can make your way to Central L.A. And then you would wait to kind of the market kind of turns back into a buyer's market. The market always switches back and forth. Right. And then you're able to go ahead and um, and then you're a seller. Right. So that turns into you buying when it's kind of low. And now in this market, you're a seller. And now you're about to walk away with equity with hundreds of thousand dollars in your pocket. Right. Typically, California, we do appreciate 
So even if you buy a car out, you're able to, if you're willing to hold on to it, right? Buy and hold. A lot of people aren't. If you're willing to hold on to it, then you are able to, to become the seller and create the equity. And Helena and Nakia, I know I'm jumping in here. What is the likelihood? Because we know the bottom is going to drop out once again here. And it, the bottom drops out and it always begins in California. So when the bottom drops out, I know quite a few people who lost everything in the 0678, uh, all of that mess. And it's going to happen again. And I hear people talking, agents and others, uh, financial people who are just really chomping at the bit, waiting to see when the bottom is going to drop out. What do you say to those people when the bottom drops and they lose everything, the property that they had is gone, they can't do the things that they wanted to do because it was so enticing to buy a property, watch it appreciate, gain the equity, do all these wonderful things. And then here in California, the bottom drops out and it's terrible. What do you say? What do you say to those people? Well, I actually don't, you know, back then it was completely different, right? People were put into loans just from stated income, which mm -hmm. means you literally, hey, you know what? I work at McDonald's, but I make $100,000 a year. And mm -hmm. they just took that. Mm -hmm. It is completely different. Mm -hmm. I mean, everyone has to be licensed. Back then you did not have to be licensed to do loans, right? To complete a whole transaction. You have to be licensed every single year. We have to do continuing education. Um, just the underwriting system is way more strict, way more detailed, way more precise. So I don't, everybody buying a home right now actually qualifies for that home, mm -hmm. okay? Back in 07, 08, they honestly did not qualify. They were in adjustable rate, maybe for the first three to five years they qualified, but after that, they did not anymore, right? So to me, it's totally different. I don't think the bottom's gonna fall all the way out especially like it did in 07, 08. I think mm -hmm. the prices will start to maybe come down a little bit because the rates are already going up. So the buyers are already, you know, they kind of waited themselves out the game already, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's some of my clients who were like, you know, very, very close to not even qualifying to begin with. And now that the rates are up, now they kind of, you know, they don't qualify for as much anymore. They have to go to a different area or wait. A lot of my clients literally have to just wait because there's nothing on the market that they qualify for anymore and they still have to compete. So there's still to this day, 32 offers per, per property, okay? So it's not, mm -hmm. there's still buyers out there that, mm -hmm. that are qualified and these people are qualified, mm -hmm. which is the real key, but huge significant difference between now and 07 and 08, right? So, so go ahead. How I see it then is if I'm understanding you correctly, the, the 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 home prices will level themselves out semi something like that eventually right eventually. but the 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 crash of 08 being because of the housing market bubble because of so many unqualified people is what caused it to bottom out last time so unqualified people these mortgages correct unqualified people paired with unlicensed professionals who just said okay great I'll just take a check because low because a lot of people also lost their homes but a lot of people lost their careers they went and a lot of people well. went to jail 
Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So this is a whole. Did. So that's yeah. why they created. It's a whole other system now. Right? And remember so. that stated. That stated on the mm -hmm. arm. Remember the mm -hmm. arm and the Adjustable stated rate. income. Yeah. I just recently saw an advertisement where people were talking about you can go with the arm. You can go stated income. So uh, I was working in real estate in 04, 7, and 8. And I went to, I took a mortgage class and in 06. And the woman in the class said, beware, because the bottom is going to fall out. She says it's going to hit and it's going to hit hard. And she said, people will go to jail. That was 06. And she says, I cannot give you the day, time, and place. She says, but stay tuned because it's going to happen. And bingo, it happened. But we, and, we do believe that there are ebb and, ebbs and flows in the real estate market. And, and meaning by that, that there are uh, buyer's markets and there are seller's markets. So are you going to be just like any investment? Are you going to be on the right side of it? Are you going to be buying high or buying low, you know, in, in right. order to do that? But I, I think one of the biggest things that you said up until this point is do not wait. It's not right. going to get to a point where it becomes super affordable over what it is now. And I have uh, uh, friends in different states. I was, I was looking up Arizona because that's where a, a good pack of my friends are. And their median household value or house home value is 385. Okay. Mm -hmm. And this is as of 2020, which is a huge number. I think that was up 12% from what they're used to because people like us are moving out. And I definitely say it to people exactly what you said. Do not wait. If you can afford it now, afford it, <laughs> get it. Because right. it's not going to all of a sudden turn to where you're going to be able to pay a thousand dollars less for the same mortgage you're trying to get now for the same home size you're trying to get now. You would agree to that. Yes. Yep. Yeah, so it's very, very important. Now, <clears throat> you talked about briefly refinancing. One of, the, one of the comments I always talk to people about whenever I'm having any kind of money conversations is equity is only good while you have it. If the mm -hmm. value of the home takes any kind of dip at any kind of time, it's no longer there for you, right? So- what, how, how can people use their equity in order to build more wealth, in order to do better? Absolutely. Uh, a couple different ways. Number one, they can use that equity to pay off debt, right? So there's several clients who come and they have a slew of credit, whether it's car notes or their student loans. Um, however, they have maybe $300,000 worth of equity in their home. Right. So what we do is and they're looking to get a lower rate. Right. So we'll go ahead and refinance them and include their debt. Right. So that way they have one payment that they're paying and everything else is paid off. And what that does is that does a couple of things. Number one, it raises your credit score. Right. Because so you would be paying off. Because you're paying all, all those home. accounts that you had. Got it. And, then, okay. and then nine times out of 10, the interest rate on the mortgage is way lower than the interest rate on the car. Way lower okay. than the interest rate on the credit card. So okay. it makes it makes financial sense if you think about it that way. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I'm paying 15% on this credit card, 20% maybe on a car, but my mortgage is, you know, three and a half percent, right? Mm -hmm. Might as well take that debt, carry it over and pay off all these other creditors, right? Mm -hmm. At the same time of that, you can also keep cash in your pocket. So mm -hmm. you can do a couple different things while you're refining. You pay off debt, 
You can um, take out money. Maybe you want to just have, you know, some type of savings that's liquid. Maybe you want to do some improvements to the house. That's always a great thing, right? And then, of course, you can write the interest off. You can't write the interest off on cars and credit cards and everything else you have, right? But you can with your actual home. All right. So, and sometimes, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and then sometimes there's a situation where you need to refi somebody off. So let's say you bought a joint property with an ex-spouse or even your parents, right? Or even a friend, right? So you, you have to go through the refi process to go ahead and get them off, especially if they're on the actual loan instead of just the title. Okay. So yeah. uh, one piece of that, that, that I want to emphasize, there's two, two sides to that coin because I, I've seen people, I've been a part of it. I understand it to refi to cover debt. Mm -hmm. I find too many people that end up going back into more debt when they do that. And I think that's where the, the leery part of that idea comes in. Because like I said, I've, I've seen it. I've sat down and talked with numerous of people about their money. So that's something where it always gets a little tricky um, financially, it makes sense to have a smaller interest rate and to be able to write it off as long as we understand that it's to not be raised again, right? Um, mm -hmm. But I really love the part about refining when you're talking about making improvements, okay? So making improvements, especially if we're talking about places where you have lot size and you're able to do those ADUs, um, you're able to make improvements on your home for a time for you to sell, right? Because you always want to get better over time to add to just the normal appreciation of a home, right? Yeah, you're creating cash flow. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly, right? So if you, and I know I have a, a girlfriend of mine, her and her husband, they actually just, they're in the process of doing that now. They did a cash out refi. They are renting out their primary home and they've been allowed to make their garage into two separate units. Nice. So there's going to be three sets of people that are going to be paying them income in LA, right? Because they were able to refi their house, pull the money out and do something to build more wealth. As an example of generational wealth, as an Thank example you. of legacy, it's, that's a great example right there. Thank you. Passive <laughs> income and retirement, right? Yes, <laughs> so, all of it. Absolutely. I, I, I tell people all the time, you got to really take the time to sit and review what your situation looks like. And one of the things that I said for the smart money moves is review your mortgage statement. Look mm -hmm. and see, especially if it's a bill you've been paying for 5, 10, 15, 20 years, like I said about your paycheck stubs, look at the things on there, talk to a licensed professional that you trust and see if there's anything that you can do that might make that work better. Because I know in LA, and it may be the same in other places, the zoning is continuing to change. Because when I first moved into my home, I was not able to build an ADU. Now I am able to, and now it's even more things that we can build on our property if that's what we choose to do, right? Airbnb mm -hmm. is another thing, right? There's a yep. lot of people that are creating that income stream doing Airbnb, right? Which I don't know a whole bunch about. I don't want to have to worry about managing it, but I know it's another way to create an income stream, especially depending on, you know, where you are and the access you have to, you know, different things right. and uh, stuff. I'm, I'm near SoFi State. So anybody and, doing it over here, <laughs> they're going to be winning. I think the house that get, the house uh, that I looked at that ended up going for a million plus had, I don't know, 10 offers on it. 
going, you know, 200,000 over, they can do Airbnb, they can create, you know, just ways to, to turn your mortgage, which we talked a little bit about last time with the duplexes, is how do I turn my liability, because paying a mortgage is a liability, the money out of your pocket is a liability, and even when you pay it off, you still don't own it, because if you don't pay your property taxes, they can still get it back. So it's mm -hmm. a liability, but how do we turn that liability payment into an asset? And so being able to know that those things exist and taking the time to sit and review with a mortgage professional, they can show you if there's other things that you, you can do, it, other you know changes that you're able to make to free up, like you said, more cash flow to do more things. No, absolutely. And then just a side note, you don't you do not have to own a property to start the Airbnb the Airbnb you process. You said that last time. So, boggled by that. Yeah. So you can just you know a regular rental. You know, as long as the complex and the owner is okay with it. Of course, you let them know you're going to be fully responsible. You're going to manage it. They don't. You know, they just want their rent, right? So you can go ahead and do that. I know several people that are. So there's ways to start smaller without making it feel like it feels like so much pressure. Like I don't have to go own a house and then worry about managing a business because that's what an Airbnb is, right? Yeah. A business. So you can just start smaller, you know, not, you know, and then build up to that. Maybe save towards that, see how it goes, get a trial, do a trial run for a year, right? And so that's just another something I would definitely want to add as well. Awesome. And, and, and you mentioned, and I'll just say it one more time, when you do a review of that mortgage um, uh, a statement, just check and see if there are cheaper rates out there for you. Because if you can pay a half a percent less, you're going to be saving money, right? You're going to, you're going to be able to, you know, pay less on your house, right? Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> there's another thing that um, I, I tend to talk to people about who are, you know, out there and, and, and um, having homes or trying to create uh, more wealth or trying to, you know, leave a legacy behind. When it comes to, to um, having these homes, to, to owning it and to be able to get a second and a third and a fourth property, different things like that, because I do think that's a wonderful idea. A lot of people don't financially have what it takes to be able to do that. So one thing that I always encourage people to do are, you know, inquire about investment groups, um, be able to find, you know, people that you trust. And it's probably people within your family that are willing to go together, put their money together to be able to actually start owning income property to be able to, like you said, at the end of the day, pay you an additional cash flow. Because in order to financially sustain in any state, most of us need more than one income. We need more than one stream of income, more than one line paying us, right? And so <clears throat> there's been a lot of conversation and talk about doing the investment groups, going in with people, sharing the cost of the things that you're purchasing. Everybody wins together, right? It's, right. it's all legal. You do an LLC, you set it all up to make sure that everybody gets paid, right? But there's other ways if I can't afford the, you know, 20% down payment on the property that I'm looking at, can I go in with people? Are there, you know, partners that I'm willing to do this with, especially if it's going to be income property and it's going to turn into cash flow right away, right? Well, there and, is a way to get the second property at about three and a half percent down too. Your second one doesn't have to be 20%, right? As long as that, as long as that second property is going to be your primary residence. 
then it can I happen. I love your quotes mm-hmm. because, I, and that's important because they can't see us. But I, I say that because I thought it was the total opposite. I thought the second one had to be the com- conventional. But like you said, as long as you air quote uh, reside in it. Now, my question for that is, how long in between the first and the second property does it need to be to air quote lit, reside in the second? Well, it depends on your situation. So it just has to all make sense got it. to the underwriter, right? So, oh my God, I just got a new job and it's located here now. My property's here, but now I need to move over here. So I'm going to rent this first one out, but I'm going to live over here now because of this change. Oh my God, Johnny just got into this great private school and it's over here. So that's why, in other words, it's a letter of, as long as you explain it's a it. Instruction, it makes sense and is approved. Absolutely. Got it. Okay. Okay. And that's good to know. Cause like I said, it's, it's, there's ways to, to properly use a system to work for you. And again, mm. that goes back to who is your agent, <laughs> real estate right. agent and mortgage um, person that you're and working I think, with. And I think, and you are right. If you live in one and you want to go, you want to stay in your first house and you want to buy the second one. Yes. It is a larger down payment. I think it can go down to at least uh, maybe 10, 15 these days, not necessarily 20, but that would be that situation. But the majority of my clients that do that, we do it the other way around. We make that second home their primary residence. Got it. Okay. Okay. Now, <clears throat> so I, I'm ready to, I, I've, I've lived the good life and I, I built the equity in my home and now I'm ready to, you know, uh, sell my property, Right. Um, one so thing paid off? Know, say it again is it paid off not yet oh okay not yet Just trying to get the whole scenario exactly <laughs> <laughs> and again I you know I, I always send out questions ahead of, or ask people ahead of time what are some things you want to know about how does this work or whatever so one of the things that I know I talk to people about just in financial education is understanding how the taxes work and I'm not a tax professional but there are tax codes that we can all look up um, but how do taxes work when I'm ready to, you know, sell a home, right? Because it's a game, hopefully. Right. <laughs> if it's a game, you have to pay taxes on it. Um, but I know there's some ways that around people being or having to pay their taxes initially and still continue to build their wealth. One of them, which I'm sure you're a million percent familiar with, is the 1031 exchange, right? Yeah, so yeah, that is one what of is what does that do for a client who's not ready to pay the taxes, but wants to continue to build wealth through home ownership? So there's a certain amount of time. I believe things change all the time, but I want to say 60 to 90 days in which you need to buy another property. Okay. So this is for somebody so that wants to stay in home ownership, correct. but is looking for something, another type. Right. They want to sell or- one and buy another. Okay. It needs okay. to be within a certain amount of time for that 1031 exchange. And do the houses have to match or does it, how, how does that work? I can go to, I can do a residential home and go to an investment property or? When you say investment, you mean, so is it your primary residence? Are you talking about? Say it's my primary and I want to, you know, go ahead and sell this and get me, a, you know, a, 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 a apartment building, something like that. Am I able to 1031 those or does it have to be a like-to-like property, something like that? I don't think there's a like-to-like rule. Okay. Um, but I'm not quite sure about just residential one to four to a whole apartment building either. 
I would have to like research that a little bit more. Got it. Yeah. Got it. But can you guys explain, excuse me, can you of guys course. explain the 1031 exchange? I used to know that, but it, it, it escapes me. Sure. Um, that is when you are interested in selling one property, um, but you don't want to, it's basically a way to avoid the taxes. Is that, is that kind of? Yay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. But it's, it's to defer the taxes, right? You eventually have to pay them, but it's deferred. Okay, so the exchange, the 1031 exchange means what? You're selling a property. So it allows money. you, here's the, here's the definition. It allows you to avoid paying capital gains. Taxes. Capital gains. I was going to say that. When you okay. sell an investment property and reinvest the proceeds from the sale within a certain time limits in a property, it does say of like kind and equal or greater value though. Right. So okay. you can do kind or equal or greater. So, so you can't, you can't okay. downsize. Yeah. You can't downsize. Okay. No. You have to go Got up. Got it. Correct. Okay. Okay. And, and I know someone who was supposed to do that and uh, left California with a great deal of money mm. and should have done that and, but didn't. And uh, some of us said invest it, put it back into another property. Right. And, and another brilliant person said, you know what? I think I'd rather pay the taxes. They paid the taxes. Never heard of anything so dumb and stupid in my I mean, entire to, I life. mean, to each, to each their own, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to add something to that, right? So again, there's a disclaimer. I am not a tax professional. I can Google the same <laughs> publication 590 that everybody else can. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. However, when it comes to paying the capital gains on your home, you are able to, and I just had this conversation with a tax professional that I'm working with. You are able to, one, in the state of California, I know there is an exemption for a certain amount. I think it's $250,000 that you're able to uh, have exempt. Let's say you bought your house for $200,000, you sell it for $500,000, $250,000 of that is automatically exempt in California. Okay. So in different states have different things. So you're basically trying to close that gap as much as you can, right? Which is a capital gain. You're trying to close that gap as much as you can. In addition to the exemption that may exist in your particular state, you also are able to um, anything that you did as far as upgrades in your house also allow your capital gains number to decrease, right? You're closing Ooh. the gap more and more. So keep all your records of anything that you do to improve your home. And I know me personally, over the last 10 years, I put a lot of money into my home. So those things help to lower the amount that is considered the gain that you have to pay the taxes on. Now, okay. I think she mentioned when I was talking to the tax professional as well, that the husband and the wife or the two people, there's two people in it, they both get the 250. I think, I'm not 100% sure. But you want to talk to your tax professional to make sure that they can tell you exactly what things you can do to decrease that gap in order to pay the amount you should pay. I'm not going to say the least amount, but the amount you should pay and not a single penny over. Now, there's I will say that 1031 exchanges generally are only... Um, you only can do that with investment properties. Generally. Oh. Correct. Oh, oh, commercial. Correct. Oh, commercial investment properties. Okay. Investment well, there's properties. a difference between commercial 
and commercial is the size of the property, right? No, 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 no. You no. can do it on a. It could be residential. It doesn't have yeah, to be commercial. It can be residential. Um, it's just one that you're not living in. So in other words, maybe you bought a second or third home for a daughter or someone in college, maybe, and mm -hmm. you never live there. You have your own primary residence. You can 1031 exchange that second that condo you may have bought for your daughter, but you but not your actual home. Now, okay, so you can you can 1031 exchange the condo and investment properties. Then yeah. okay, the investment property. Okay, whatever mm -hmm. the investment is, but not the primary residence. Correct. Okay. Does it ever make sense? And I mean ever, unless you're on <laughs> somewhere like Pluto, does it ever make sense to pay the capital gains tax? Oh no. I had, a, I had a couple clients that did just because it was a um, what was her situation? Oh, her grandmother left her house, her grandmother had passed away, and the money was being split between six people. And no one else was buying anything else, and they all just took the taxes off the top and split it up, right? So yeah, but in a situation like that, but when when you have an opportunity to to realize that there's a great deal of money, how do you ever just say we'll just pay the capital gains tax? I'll I'll be I'll be the perfect example for you. <laughs> I absolutely plan on paying the capital gains tax on the sale of my home. Why? I, I, because one, and this, I've talked to a lot of clients about this. If I don't want to be a homeowner in my next life, which I have a lot of older clients, they're in their 60s and 70s. They don't want to have home ownership anymore of that extra property. Uh, excuse me, you said older? Yes. <laughs> I didn't say old. I said older. Anybody older than 40 is older than me because I am still 40 until next weekend. I mean, until this weekend. But, and, and I've literally broken that down because I always try to partner with other professionals so they can give their advice and opinions. Majority of people that are older and have these investment properties, they own apartments, they don't want to deal with that anymore. So they're like, I rather be able to find ways in order to lower my capital gains, which again, one of them is improvements. Most people that own investment properties, they've had lots of improvements. Mm -hmm. If they have the exemption, use the exemption. And it still does not come out, honestly, to a ton of money if you're talking about how much you earn. Because I believe capital gains right now is somewhere between 10 and 15% after you do all of those different deductions. It's not your income, uh, uh, it's not your uh, income percentage, it's your capital gains percentage, which could be 5%, I think 10% or 15, just have to look those up, but it does not come out to an amount that I'm willing to fight if I don't have to. So so if you pay the capital gains, if it's 15%, say you what you have to pay is- 30,000. Yeah, I was gonna say 30,000. If you have to pay $30,000, isn't there something else that you can do with that 30? $30,000. And I'm walking away with 400, 300, 200. No, I'm cool. Really? I'm cool. 30,000 for me to walk up. Yes. And not go to jail. Yeah, I'm cool. And to not have to put it into something else. Absolutely. Because you can decide, especially if it's your primary residence, right? You can I be your capital gain? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to bring something different to the table because this is something that I've been able to refer a lot of people to when it comes to not wanting to get a 1031, but also wanting to defer the taxes. And it's called M453. 
Mm -hmm. M453 allows you to receive the, now it's a, it's a transaction that has to happen at the sale. You can't decide it after, but M453 allows you, it's a monetized installment sale. It allows you to take the entire value of the home when it is sold, okay? You get your whole value and you defer the capital gains taxes for 30 years. And if you are smart about what you do with that money, you can put financial plans into place so that in 30 years, that amount of taxes, which will essentially be nothing because of inflation, will be paid off, but you get access to all of that money at the time of the sale. That's something that for me and my research over the last 10 years, because I'm always trying to work with people and figure out how we can win and keep more money in our pocket. <laughs> and <laughs> people don't want to deal with that because Nikaya was saying that it's for this investment property. People don't want to deal with an investment property later in life a lot of times. So how do we still win? And those financial products that you're able to put in place, they are earning interest outpacing inflation. So the value that you owe on that money is the value in 2022, which is going to be a lot less than it will be in 2052. So there's ways around and I encourage people to find folks, make sure you talk to people, make sure you ask questions. You know, for me, it's always been about education for our people to do the research for themselves. But M453s, I know I've helped people or connected them to the people that they need to be in order to do that. It's a process that works. It is. And you get to financially protect yourself because the products that you're using, like I said, they don't lose money. They have insurance behind them. They do the things that you need to do if that's what your choice in life is. Some people are trying to just get into a different neighborhood or into another property or to a bigger value because the KSL, we can do it like or more value, right? A greater value. So it's just something to think about and see if it works with the particular person, but it's about creating the wealth. If I can take the sale of a $700,000 home, I can have all of those proceeds and put it into plans for myself, whether it be more real estate, whether it be you know financial products, whether it be insurances, and I can create that wealth, close that gap, have a net worth outside of just my mortgage which is what this started about, then why not? It's not common. It's not what we think of. We're very, very, a lot of us, and this is not just Black people. This is just people, period. We're very basic with what we know to do with our money. That's what we said from the very beginning. And so if we can find out more things, figure out more ways to do what it is that we can to essentially, if my game plan is to build more wealth for all of us. Okay, <clears throat> we have to make sure, uh, I see a question, is the M453 only for a 30-year minimum? It is a 30-year period. The deferring of taxes is 30 years, okay? Exactly 30 years, right? So well, how do you get the M453? So there's, diff there's different uh, 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 mortgages out there. Just like a 1031 is a particular escrow that has to be open. You can't just open it with your whatever escrow and then say, I want to do 1031. There are M453 P or people that specialize in M453 mortgages out there. 
And so it's just a matter of who you have in your network. And it's always been my intention to have as many in my network as possible so I can help people, you know, to, to figure out what it is that they need for themselves. Then I'll blow your mind with one other thing. <laughs> Before we finish our time, I love this. I love, love, I love, because if I learn it, you have to learn it. If I know it, you have to know it, right? <laughs> we got to be able to, to, to pass the information and do it. But, um, and this may be something, Nikaya, that you've heard of or you've implemented at some point in time, but there's something that's called financial mortgage, also known as all-in-one HELOC or all-in-one loan. Okay. It is, I think, one of the most revolutionary ways to build wealth out there. And in very layman's terms, what it means is normally when you have a mortgage, you pay principal and interest to a mortgage company and you have a separate bank over here. I may do my banking through Chase. And my mortgage may be over here through something, something equity, whoever bought my Flagstar, that's my mortgage company right now, right? And so those two entities don't work together. But when you do this financial mortgage, which is also known as the all-in-one loan or all-in-one HELOC, you are having one institution where your banking is done and your mortgage is also done, okay? And if they're at the same institution, then they're working together in order to create more value for you. So let's say, let's say, and go do your research. I tell people all the time, go do your research. I can help you further. You know my information, but go do your research. Let's say my home is a five, my loan is $500,000, okay? And I have in my bank, right, because I keep, Money after my uh, paycheck. I don't spend all my money every single month, right? I have savings. I have that kind of stuff. Let's say I have $100,000 in my bank. And that bank, not separate over here with my Chaser Bank of America, but in my financial mortgage bank. And there's several of them that do that. In that bank, I have $100,000. That means on that day, March 9th, I have a home loan balance of 400,000, not the 500. Because whatever sits in that account is considered, air quote, equity in my home. So the interest that I'm being charged is only on 400,000 because I have the 100,000 sitting in that bank. See, your mortgage company, Flagstar, for me, they can't see or care about on a daily basis how much I have sitting in my bank account. If I have this all-in-one loan, they can see. And on average, when you have illustrations ran for you for that, you will pay your home off seven to 10 years earlier. And even though the interest rate may be more on an all-in-one HELOC or all-in-one loan, the amount of cost, the interest cost that you're paying over time is less because you're going to pay it off earlier. So I tell people, I encourage people, do your research. Don't be stuck on what we think is the best way all the time. And everybody's situation is different because it's such a magnificent tool. Yes, the guidelines are way more stringent, way more. 
right? If your DTI has to be 43 in, in a typical case that Nikkei explained to us, I think it was a conventional one, maybe it has to be 23 here. I mean, something like that, but it does exist and it's been existing. Go ahead, uh, Colette, you have a question? Yeah, you guys are brilliant. Okay, so with this financial mortgage, okay, for example, many moons ago, and you guys are not even born, my husband and I purchased our second home for $110,000 okay. in 1978. Oh, it was through home savings and loan. Okay, home savings. My parents as well. Okay, home, home savings had the loan. And the reason home savings had the loan was because we had our house built up in San Dimas. And at that time, builders were everywhere building homes. So we had our house built. Uh, home savings went into Woodwalk and Via Verde and made sure that all of the loans in that development went to home savings. Well, it was real convenient because straight down the 10 in West Covina was home savings. Mm -hmm. Well, when home savings became a bank also, mm -hmm. I banked with home savings. Okay. And I banked with home savings for decades. Mm -hmm. I never saw an advantage. So this must be something very new. And no, oh. I didn't have $100,000 in the bank. No. But I nevertheless have money in the bank. Yes. And, and it, this it, must, it's not yeah. just about having it in the bank. It mm -hmm. is about having it in an account, a particular mortgage that allows your bank assets to take down the amount in your home that's owed. So okay. it's a particular type of loan that okay. is in a particular bank that allows that asset to be uh, to, to be used to make sure that the, the principal in your home is lowered on a daily rate. So not just that they're in the same place, but they're in the same place and they're using that particular type of loan. Okay, and who offers that? Does the bank, does the mortgage company offer that or the agent is or a, the broker? It is particular Kia? banks. Like there's Bank of Indiana is one of them that offers the, the all-in-one HELOC. There's different ones out there, North, North Point or something. There's a few that I've connected people to or the people that do it. I don't do it. I just, I'm the marketer. But um, there's different banks out there that do it. And just like anything in the world, there's going to be more and more that start to do it because it's something that works, right? Um, but the, the main part for me is because, again, it's about how does the home ownership, you know, create wealth and close the gap for us? If I can not only pay off my mortgage, but have access to more assets to build for my family and my future, then I am truly winning. So just learning more and more about that, and I'll definitely, you know, look at getting some folks on here to speak particularly about that, but the more I know about how to make one purchase turn into multiple, you know, ways to accumulate money, that's what we're trying to win at here. That's the purpose of this. And, and home ownership is a very, very, very big piece in the puzzle for us to be able to close that gap. So that when we get to 20, whatever it is now, because I know Forbes has it earlier, I think it might be 2037. So now that when we get to 2035, 2037, whatever it is, we will have more than one income stream. We'll have more access to money. We'll be able to create more legacy to be able to leave behind. Because we don't have anything, what are we going to leave behind? What kind of generational wealth can we create for people if we don't have it? And we need to be willing from the beginning 
to shift our minds, get over the fear of it, and really just work to a point where we can do what we need to do in order to be financially fit, to make smart money moves. But like Nikaya said from the beginning, start somewhere. Do not wait. Do not wait. It is only going to get more expensive. It's going to be out there. You might have a difference in putting it on the market in November versus putting it on the market in March, but there's still not going to be much difference in what you're able to, you know, uh, get. So start now, be willing to, as Nakea said, move further out. It doesn't have to be two minutes from SoFi in order to, you know, get what you want to be able to get. Cause that's not realistic for a lot of people, especially if we're talking about our, you know, our income, but start the process get something, put your name on it, put your stamp on it and be willing to let it grow. Be willing to let the equity grow in it and then do what you need to do with it. That's what it's about. That's right. what it's about. And, and Helena and Nakia, I know that the purpose of living in LA is to benefit by what most folks think SoFi Stadium is going to do for them. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, there's no benefit to living in L.A. Oh, the sun. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. The, the sun. Listen, there's sun everywhere you go on the planet. There's sun everywhere. I can't be the ocean. The and, ocean. And guess what? There's ocean everywhere you go on the planet. No, it's Look not. At the map. Look it at ain't the no map. ocean in Look Texas. Look at the map. I tell people every single time, you listen. cannot beat the listen. weather in Southern California. Come on I'm now. It's wintertime. I have on a tank top. On uh, listen, I'm telling you. You know what? If I were at home in Dallas, I'd be looking at the sun right now. And it looks right just now, like this. It also snows. Okay. There's no ocean. Yes, I go what? to the beach anytime I like. There's a beach. There's a no, beach. There's, there's snow. There's, you know what? You can drive right down to Galveston and get in the beach. You can go to all the other islands down there right off. Is, but, we but just you know don't what? have to agree to disagree. I can't. And trust me, I may end up moving out of California because I am looking to do business in uh, Texas and in Colorado. However, there She'll is be coming back. nothing. Listen, <laughs> if I can afford it, if I go out there back. and get excited with the cheaper rents, I don't know if I'm yeah, going to be able you to. get excited about the, the better. <laughs> I, I do want to say this. I know, about we're, the way I, I know we're coming to an end. I just want to let everyone know that you are paying someone's mortgage now whether you, cause you're renting, that means you're paying your landlord's mortgage. Just make that your own. If you are yeah. going to stay in California, yeah. just take that first step. It doesn't hurt yeah. anything. See, everybody can buy a property. It's just about when and where. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. I love it. So will you guys do a show on, as I was going to say, the, I, I really want you to do a show on property benefits and, and the people that I know who talked about SoFi Stadium, SoFi Stadium, they are, are not benefiting from uh, SoFi. They're not benefiting. So I'd really like for you guys to talk about the benefits and, and all of those things. I Property, I really want you guys to do that because as you know, Helena, I, that's one of my bailiwicks and I'm telling you, we really need to set folks straight. So both of you, please do shows more like this. Uh, well, thank you guys for attending Smart Money Moves today. I love it. Hope you guys all have some questions that make you think a little bit more about home ownership and realizing we cannot wait and we have to close this wealth gap ASAP. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>
Thank you, thank you, thank you. And the key, I just saw what you put in the chat. I can't do Texas, y'all. I'm sorry. All right, thank you so much. I love, I love sports. All right, you guys Selena. have a good Bye, night. Bye, everybody. Helena, Helena, the hair is cute. I love thank it. You, thank you, Dr. Thank you. I'll call Diva. you, girl. Hey, okay, you have been listening to the Intentional Talk Radio Network. Smart Money Moves.